You're listening to the Writing Wall Podcast, and I'm your host, Stacey Hawks. Every second and fourth Saturday of the month, I will be here at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and many other platforms. This podcast is designed for indie authors to have a platform to share their books, their poetry, and their stories. We also feature well-known and traditional writers that are from my home state of North Carolina, while also featuring local writers from my backyard right here in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of Allegheny County. You can connect with us on Twitter at The Writing Wall or on Instagram at WritingsOnTheWall85 and grab our links there to our website so that you can keep up with what's happening with our monthly newsletter. Newsletters go out the first of every month and you can also sign up to follow us on the Wix app because everyone has a story. We want to hear yours. What is your story? everyone for joining us for our season six finale i'm your host stacy hawks with the writing wall podcast and we're here with judith turner yamamoto judith's works have appeared in story south mississippi review snake nation review and american literary review among others and in many anthologies she's also received awards such as the thomas wolf fiction prize the washington prize for fiction and the virginia screenwriting award now she's here to discuss her first and debut novel, Loving the Dead and Gone, set in my home state of North Carolina. Welcome to our podcast, Judith. Thank you so much for being part of season six. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me, Stacy. Please share with listeners a little about yourself, where you're from or where you're residing and the genre you write. I currently live in Cincinnati. However, I am a North Carolina native. I grew up in Asheboro, North Carolina. As you know, it was a little mill town in the Piedmont, and that's really the fictive home for me. It's, it's where I go in my mind when I write. What is Loving the Dead and Gone about? In four words, the novel is about love, loss, grief, and grace. I use a tragedy, a dual timeline, and the very small stage of a 1960s Southern Middletown to take readers inside the lives of four people experiencing the fallout from a death in a freak car crash. What inspired you to write this story? Well, you could really say I've been working on this story since I was three. It finds its seed in my first memory, which was of a tragic accident, the death of a young uncle, and that memory conflated with later parental infidelities to become loving the dead and gone. Is there a character or characters within the book you relate to, and if so, why? You know, I have to say I really relate to all of them because I think what happens when you write, you're you're a kind of evil fairy godmother, and You gift your characters with trouble and they have to find their way out of it. And I realized recently that the core emotion in this book is the grief of abandonment. 
And each of these characters are dealing with this in, in their own way. After Clay discovers Donald Ray, he's thrown into a midlife crisis. He can't shake the feeling that he's living for this dead boy. His wife, Berta May, she's struggling with her mother's lifelong withholding of love and this growing crisis in her marriage. And Arilla, Berta May's mother, is, as we say in the South, too mean to die. But we've come to learn that she has a past that's riddled with unthinkable losses and secrets that explain her meanness. And then we have Darlene, the impetuous fiery 17-year-old widow. She's struggling with losing a new husband and trying to keep him and herself alive. And she crashes into Arilla's family with the force of a meteor. Let's talk about characters' names for a moment because I love your MC's name. How did you come up with that name? I must confess that I consulted my family tree. <laughs> Arilla was actually the middle name of my grandmother and one of my grandmothers and also of her grandmother. So, and Berta May, that, that was one of my aunts on my father's side and Darlene and Clayton, I have to confess the baby book. Yes. Family trees are a great resource for character names, character development, all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of great stories from the past that you can pull from there and you can create your own book and your own storyline. Definitely one of my favorite resources too, aside from the baby books or going online and searching for character names. Well, they're incredible. I mean, I recently learned that I have, I, I, I don't know, an ancestor on one side of my family. Her name was Mississippi. And they called her Sippy. I mean, how fantastic is that? That totally reminds me of the song by the band Train titled Mississippi. The line goes, and they call her Mississippi. And it's so pretty. It's the most beautiful song. Definitely check it out. Oh, well, I'll have to hold on to that. <laughs> but you know, I, it's funny. I had at one point, an earlier draft of this novel had been optioned by a house and the editor there said, now you've got to do something about these names. They're just not believable. <laughs> I said, well, you know, a lot of these names are family names. And she was so embarrassed. So is the town featured in your book a real place or completely made up? If made up, was it inspired by any place that you know? These are fictional towns that are set in the Piedmont, but I tell you, place is a huge character in this novel. In order to access that place, I, I went into my childhood memories of being in the barns and the fields of the farms of my family. And, you know, they, they had been working the land for six generations. My father and his siblings were the first generation that didn't, they were the first ones to leave the land. I'm the first to not have that intimate connection. However, every weekend we were back on that land and it was like entering another world. You know, my paternal grandmother, she churned butter. She washed clothes in a, mil a wash house with a crank washer. She milked cows. She worked in the fields. She chewed tobacco. <laughs> uh, and, and my other grandmother had what accounted 
it was actually just like a museum. She had everything she'd inherited from everyone who had died, who had lived in the 19th century. And the upstairs of her house was filled with these steamer trunks, the clothes of the dead. I tell you, Stacy, it was terrifying. Terrifying, but I guess also very interesting. Like you can't help it as a kid. You've got curiosity and you just want to go see and you want to dig through and find out what's there, you know? Well, I would sneak, you know, I would sneak up there and poke around. That's probably where, you know, my first passion for museums developed. You have set this story in North Carolina. Which part of the Old North State is your favorite? Well, I am going to say the mountains and I'm going to share a little sense memory. I was driving back east after living in Southern California for several years. And when I approached those mountains, there was this welcoming, familiar green that I will never forget. And I may be imagining that I saw rhododendron hills, but, you know, I just felt like I was home. Outside of writing, what is something that you enjoy doing? I studied ballet for 30 years and I, I love to move and I, I love being out in nature and cycling and swimming and walking. Loving the Den and Gone is also an audiobook. What can you tell listeners about that process? This was really spearheaded by my publisher, and I got an incredibly exciting email one day this summer, and she said, the audio rights have sold. It's going to be a book, an audiobook. It's going to be narrated by four narrators. Here's a list of prospective actors, and we they want you to listen to them and decide who you would like to have narrate each character. It was the biggest thrill because, I mean, I did all kinds of research. I, you know, I Googled them. I listened to them. I read other books. I tried to find Southern books that they'd written it, to hear. And now I have it. And I just started listening to it. And I am humbled by how well these people read. It's just incredible how much atmosphere is in their voices. Philip Raymond Brown and I did a bonus episode on audiobooks and we interviewed our audiobook narrators. You know, it's amazing that when you hear the book back, you're thinking to yourself, did I write that? Did that actually happen? Was that me? I know. And that's really the first time that has happened for me. So it's, that's quite an experience. You're entering the work in a way that you never entered it before. What do you hope that readers take away after having read Loving the Dead and Gone? For writers, when they write many times, they're bringing or addressing something emotional that's happened in their own life. And I found in writing this book that I could enter the psyches of people from my family history and experience a different narrative for them that helped address those earlier traumas, if that makes any sense. And the message that I would like people to take away is that in trauma lies possibility. You know, Arilla says near the end, when she's talking to Darlene, when they have their monumental encounter, that death can make you over if you let it. And I think about I, I don't know if you're familiar with the tarot deck, but the tower card, the death card, 
they they are all about rebirth through struggle and it's all about endings and beginnings what advice would you give to writers who hope to traditionally publish what i would say is you have to be incredibly undaunted and you have to develop the thickest skin on the planet <laughs> because rejection is going to be your daily companion you not only have to believe in yourself but you have to determine who it is you're going to listen to when you're taking in this feedback from the outside world that's some of the advice i got from richard mccann an incredible late writer and an incredible teacher and it it was one of the first things that i really took to heart and you really have to pick and choose who you're going to listen to and focus on those messages that will help propel you forward in your career of course our listeners are now wondering are you working on another book and if so what can you share with us i am and it's a mother daughter story it looks at how an unexpected loss offer this mother and daughter who find themselves on opposite sides of the class divide a chance to reunite and recast their lives you know i'm i'm really intrigued with that alienation that occurs in blue collar families when children become strangers through the social mobility that's afforded to them by education and i so i explore all that in this novel Now listeners are going to get to hear an exclusive excerpt from Loving the Dead and Gone from Judith Turner Yamamoto. Okay, I'm going to read from the very beginning of the novel when Clayton first finds Donald Ray. Chapter 1, 1963. Clayton. The day Donald Ray Spencer was killed, he caught four catfish. I found them right there beside him on the floorboard. wrapped in yesterday's paper they looked as surprised to be dead as the boy did he lay there all slumped over the passenger seat his left eye staring right back at the fish when i first came around the bend at ramsey lake everything looked fine i saw buford's car and donald rayzel chevy parked in front i remember thinking i'm not the only man that can't think straight in good weather like this Donald Ray was working third shift. He had his days to kill. And Buford Jones was a little bit of a mental case and didn't do a thing but lay drunk, and he could do that at the lake as well as anywhere else. Then I saw Buford's car had smashed into the back of Donald Ray's, the twisted grill resting in what had been the back seat. Here's two dead men, I thought. And that crackerjack day took some kind of turn. I got out not wanting to look but knowing i had to being the one to find them and all buford's radiator was still hissing his car was empty and he was nowhere around probably down in the woods without a scratch on him hugging a pint waiting for the whole thing to clear out there was a complete quiet over things a fish jumped and then hit the lake with a hollow slap I watched the circles on the water surface grow and grow until they didn't count as circles anymore. I opened Donald Ray's passenger door, reached for the boy's right wrist where it hung limp over the seat. The flesh was warm but lifeless, 
and the strange contradiction made my heart pound. Either the boy had just died or the son was playing tricks. I didn't know enough about such things to be able to tell the difference. Judith, thank you so much for sharing your writing journey and this beautiful story with us this evening. How can listeners follow you and find your book? I'm thrilled to have been here. Thank you, Stacy. It was wonderful. It's available everywhere. You can find all the information about where to buy it and upcoming events at turneryamamoto.com, my website. We encourage everyone to follow Judith Turner Yamamoto and all of our season six authors and storytellers. We thank them for sharing their stories with us and with you, our listeners. Catch all of the season six extras on Buy Me a Coffee and follow us on social media for more. Because everyone has a story, the Writing Wall podcast wants to hear yours. What is your story? Hey everyone, it's Tyler Witkowski, the publisher at Tea With Coffee Media. Tea With Coffee Media is a team of indie authors, designers, and editors who have a goal of helping indie authors make their dreams become a reality. Our Modest Press has aspirations to help as many indie authors succeed as possible. Not only do we offer publishing services, and yes, we are open for submissions, but we offer editing, marketing, and book cover design services at an affordable price to all indie authors. Visit us online at Tea with coffee.media to learn more about our services hello everyone and welcome to our season finale shameless self promo saturday shout outs that's right we've missed doing these shout outs so we're going to get right to it and jump on to some favorite indie reads this indie april we're going to be talking about mary kendall that's right former guest mary kendall of the spinster's fortune came out with her latest book titled campbell's boy while fighting off town bullies an evil irish stepmother and his own learning disabilities emmett struggles to find his footing but never loses his curiosity about the world around him and the people in it when forced into a court case to establish his identity and rightful inheritance after the untimely death of his father Emmett must find family and identity in places he might not have reckoned for but can he check out Mary Kendall on Instagram mary.kendall.author and find her link tree there for all of her social media platforms former season 5 writer and guest Carla Jordan just became an award winning author for her story The Road to Marietta that's right the Bookfest Award 2023 spring winner took second place in women's historical fiction congratulations Carla you can find her across social media but follow her on Instagram at Carla Jordan under score author Carla being spelled with a K or visit her online CarlaWJordan.com now we're going to shout out a very special individual she's also been part of the writing wall podcast before her name is Nicole Nadu and you can find her latest book called Second Strike available now and you can follow Nicole on social media 
Use her Instagram handle at Nicole Nadu24 and the number 24 there with N-I-C-O-L-E being spelled as Nicole. Second Strike is part of her Secret Life of Anna Good series. It's about a genius 16-year-old and a terrorist twisted revenge. Can she stop a catastrophic cyber attack from bringing America to its knees? You'll have to find out in this sequel. Nicole's first book is titled Death by Midnight and you will definitely enjoy these reads. They're very fast-paced. I love her characters and the storylines are terrific. Congratulations, Nicole, on your sequel's debut. Our next shout-out goes to Laura Whitfield. You can follow Laura across social media, especially on Instagram if you visit her handle at Laura Whitfield. Her latest book is titled Untethered, Faith, Failure, and Finding Solid Ground. She is a 2022 International Book Awards finalist for Best New Nonfiction. When Laura Whitfield was 14, her extraordinary brother Lawrence was killed in a mountain climbing accident. That night she had an epiphany. Life is short. Dream big. Even if it means taking risk. So after graduating from high school, she set out on her own, preparing to do just that. You can visit Laura on social media, as I said, or visit her website, laurawhitfield.com, for more. D.H. Schleicher has a new readout. It's titled, When We Come Back. It's been said to be provocative, often fantastical and graced with a dark snap of humor. An intriguing, potent mix without a bad one in the group. This new collection of literary and speculative fiction from acclaimed indie author D.H. Schleicher is available now you can follow him using the Twitter handle at Schleicherspin. Looking for an interesting story with some twists and turns? Check out Addict's Way by Stephen Leosi. From passing the bar to living in his car, lawyer and former law professor Peter Pinelli suddenly finds himself homeless, eventually living in a crack house. Can it get any more surreal or worse? This story is as mad as a box of frogs, according to one reviewer. Written in a humorous reflective voice, highlighting Pinelli's bewilderment and self-searching Addict's Way chronicles a year in the life of Peter Pinelli, a 60-year-old attorney who spent his entire adult life compulsively gambling on horses while his immediate contemporaries were busy building a life for themselves. Pinelli's way to redemption is full of unforgettable characters, clever dialogue, and thought-provoking writing. You can find Stephen on Twitter and follow him on Amazon and other places for more information. His handle is Leosi Novelist, and it's spelled L-I-O-S I, novelist. Now on to former guest and fellow author John Ryland. John Ryland's latest is called The Unkindness of Ravens, which I kindly enjoyed, honestly. Overlooked by grief-stricken parents, 13-year-old Miranda follows a raven into the woods behind her house. When it leads her to a dead body of a young boy, her past awakens in ways she could have never imagined. Follow John Ryland on Twitter at JohnRyland10 and across social media for more great stories by him. Southern Gothic is really good too. If you're into spooky stuff, check out John Ryland. Melanie Lupata's book is titled Buried Secrets. It's available now on Amazon.com and you can follow her on Twitter using the handle at mlopata underscore author. A family was devastated by tragedy 16 years ago and no one has ever been the same since. Secrets were buried deep, never to be revealed. Will Ellie be able to confront her past and face the truth? Or will her life be thrown upside down once more? Find out in Melanie Lupot using the Twitter handle at Schleicherspin. Lupata's book, Buried Secrets. If you're into a series, check out a Sergeant Evelyn Mack 
McGregor thriller three book series by Julie Bergman. And you can follow Julie on Twitter at capital S underscore capital J publishing. She couldn't believe she was dying. Her blood, warm and sticky, pulled around her body. And as her last breath misted the air, an image of her husband ghosted through her mind. How could a beautiful young woman be found brutally murdered in base housing? Find out in this tale by Julie Bergman. Available on Amazon now in Kindle and paperback. Okay, you all know that I'm a sucker for historical books, historical fiction, or anything that has to do with better educating our kids in that way. Check out JJ Carroll on Twitter at JJ, two capital J's, historic books. The summer of 2076 is an exciting time for Nicola, a 12-year-old avid gamer. This year, he's competing in an annual 4th of July Virebox tournament at the insistence of Dingus and Virebox virtual best friend. He received for his 10th birthday. Nicola and competitor Nefertiti Nequin enjoy the tournament. The game enables them to view events from 1776 where they observe a young Native American warrior in Chicago, a young orphan boy in Philadelphia, and a priest. When these three individuals accidentally get sent back to the year 1976, it's up to Nicola and friends to find a way to get them back to their time. And if they don't, they too could get trapped in 1976. Check it out and finally the shameless self-promo Saturday on our season six finale, Poetry Man 551 on Twitter. That's right, Tales from the Byron has a brand new poetry collection out. It's titled The Ghost Inside Me, Even More Tales from the Baron. This thought-provoking poetry finds a way to make us contemplate, evoking feelings of sadness, joy, love, and wonder in our lives. You can follow the Baron across social media and be sure to hear his interview right here on the Writing Wall podcast from last season. It's under Billy J. Barnum. The Unbelievable Believable, which is also another poetry collection of his, along with Move Over Shakespeare. That's it for me, this shameless self-promo Saturday, and for season six, the Writing Wall podcast and my team are signing off, but not without a special bonus episode. Be sure to tune in at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on May the 6th to hear our very special guest, Damien Lenane. Catch him on Instagram under the handle at Damien Lenane or for his art page at Embers of Retribution and as editor of Paper Chained Magazine at paper.chained on Instagram. Damien's book is titled Scarred and you'll hear all about it during the special bonus episode. We also want to remind listeners and followers if you have a book that you'd like to promote this summer, please reach out to us in our DMs. Summer shoutouts begin June the 1st and will end on July 31st. Thank you all for a wonderful season. We hope that you'll have a wonderful summer adding these books to your TBRs. Anytime I purchase a book, I always review, and if I really enjoy reading your work, rest assured, it may be shared here on this podcast with my listeners and followers. Of course, I will do so with permission from the author or authors first. Please like, follow, and share this information with other writers, and if you ever need a writer's lift, visit me on social media. Thank you all again for being here for this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you and learning more about the stories you weave.